Welcome to the Gold Standard here on the 440 Sports Network. My name is Braden Gall, and you can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. And I'm Adam Vingan on Twitter at Adam Vingan. Back in the studio, back in the saddle. Adam, pay for good journalism, go to The Athletic, because again, our main topic today on the show is going to be about your fan survey. Fan survey 3.0 on The Athletic, so if you are a subscriber, as you should be, Pay for good journalism. Go to The Athletic and subscribe. Uh, You can follow along with your newest and latest fan survey. We're going to cover that a lot today, a lot of questions. You and I will sort of give our answers and what we think those answers should be for those questions. And then, of course, later on this week, depending on when you're listening to this, you will get Adam's complete and thorough breakdown of the results of the fan survey. So make sure you're staying tuned to The Athletic and TheAthletic.com. The app is great, by the way. Get the app. I love reading stuff on the app. Recently updated app. Looks a little bit different than it used to. Can I make a recommendation to the the tech team at The Athletic? You can. I'm not sure if it will get to them, you you need to be able to click on a Twitter link and open it in the app. That's a a thing that needs to happen at The Athletic. On your phone? Yes. I would agree agree with that. If I'm reading your story on your Twitter account and I see a tease and a link and I click on it, it should it, redirect you to the it app. It takes me to the it takes me to my my web browser, and then in which case I'm not signed in. I need to go. It needs to take me to the app. I would agree with that. So there I you think go. that's a reasonable request. Just hire me as the head of technological development or something like that at the Athletic. Do you guys have any people doing tech at the Athletic? <laughs> <laughs> I'm mesmerized by all of this orange on the television yes. screen. We are we are recording in the middle of uh, the Euros and the College World Series. Going now, on does Tennessee, is it called Tennessee Orange or does it have a co- another it's name? It's just orange. It's just orange? Everyone else's colors is a different orange. Tennessee's is just orange. So it's not like Tennessee Orange. I, I'm sure there's like a Pantone or something, you know? Well, but what would you call Texas? Burnt, burnt orange? Burnt orange. Okay. Yeah. That doesn't sound very good. And then Virginia, Virginia's like reddish orange, carrot orange. You know, there's different oranges, but like, and what's ironic, of course, is Syracuse is just called actually proper noun, the orange. So they were the orange men. Yeah. Which of course is insensitive. So not so much anymore. Had to be changed. All right. So huge fan survey today on the show. But first, Gold Standard is brought to you by Jaspers. See, that was pretty upbeat. I like that. I had a week off to to, <laughs> to cover build, to build up your stamina. Um, go to Jasper's. The parking is great. The happy hour is still there. Obviously, no more Preds games, but four to six every day. The weekly rundown, of course, all kinds of great deals on burgers and dogs and drinks and beers and bubbles and all kinds of stuff. Um, and and your wife still can't enjoy much of that, but now, but soon, soon she will. Soon she will. So uh, go to go to Jasper's again. Parking lots free and all the great places to, to dine within the, the, the restaurant itself, of course. you got the private dining room, the bar, the sort of the formal dining room, the grab-and-go market, the patio, the game room, all kinds of good stuff, and still plenty of sports going on. The NHL playoffs, of course, as I'm watching uh, Barry Trotz and Shea Weber work their way towards a potential Stanley Cup matchup, although I think Monday was a, was a bad night for that. <laughs> for, for the Islanders. For, Tro- for Trotzy, yeah. Nice 8 nothing loss there. I can't remember the last eight nothing. One of the most lopsided wow. postseason losses in Stanley Cup playoff history. I think the, I think the Sabers beat the Flyers in two thousand one or something eight nothing. I think that was the last time there was such a lopsided shutout win for a team in the playoffs. Their power play is good. Let's just uh, let's the just Lightnings. Leave, yeah, let's just leave it at that. It's like forty percent. It's insane during the playoffs. Yeah, or yeah. They're like a bunch that. of assassins. It's it's it should be it's illegal in forty eight states, uh, except for Texas and Florida. All right, so uh, fan survey today. But before we get into that, by the way, what did you think of uh, Carl Taylor? 
last week on the show. We had a chance to chat, yes. chat with the Milwaukee Admirals head coach. I thought he gave us a lot of insight into his sort of pandemic-shortened season as well as how to handle and manage prospects. I hope Predators fans went and checked that out. Go listen last week. Rate, review, subscribe, and share. You did find a, a solid pinch hitter for me while I was <laughs> off. I'm, I'm you know understating that. I, I always very much enjoy my conversations with Carl Taylor. Um, really knows his stuff. Um, Predators prospects are in good hands with, with Carl. Um, so just hearing him talk about his process and also his his season with the Chicago Wolves. You know, I, I talked to him a couple of months ago for a story, and I remember asking him if he had found a temporary home in Chicago. Uh, he told me he was commuting from Milwaukee to Chicago almost every day, yeah, which lot. is not a terrible drive. He said it's about two hours one, yeah, one as, way. As long as it's not traffic-y. Yeah. But I, I was surprised that he was commuting from suburban Milwaukee to suburban Chicago almost every day. <laughs> um, but, no, he's great. Um, you know, like I said, not uh, not shy about wanting to coach in the NHL. No, and, and he and you know what, he he shouldn't be. Um, he's he's paid his dues. Yeah. He's worked in the AHL for a long time. Um, you know, his, his track record speaks for itself. He's won an AHL Coach of the Year award. Uh, the Admirals were in position to be the best team in the league. Um, well, I think they were the best team in the league when the 2019-20 season was shut down because the AHL did not return to play. Um, so you look at all of the players that have made impacts recently, younger players, Alex Carrier, Ellie Tolvanen, Jeremy Davies, um, all, Tanner Janot, Matthew Olivier, Yakov Trenin, all of that's the, question twelve on yes, our fan survey. All of them have benefited from playing under Carl yeah. Taylor. So I really enjoyed the conversation. I hope everybody listening did as well. And I think we've talked about this before. I, I, I think sooner rather than later, yeah. when teams are looking for head coaches, you'll see those stories about potential candidates under the radar candidates. And then I think Carl is going to be. A, on a lot of those lists sooner rather than later. What's interesting is like, do you want him as an assistant coach at the Predators level or the head coach of the AHL? Because they are kind of different skill sets. I mean, it, it, one's developing guys and he even talks about that. Like he's going to throw a lot of guys out there in the beginning of the season to sort of see where they are and to see if they can sink or swim as part of the development process, taking sort of development losses. And at the end of the season, he's like, we're not taking, we're not, we're not taking any development losses. I, I would love to keep him in the system. So if that means promoting him to assistant coach for the National Predators, I, I would like to think that that's, a st that's still where you'd, ra you'd rather have him there than not have him at all, I would well, imagine. especially if this team is going to trend younger and reset itself, um, it does not hurt at all to have someone with an extensive development history. John it's question three in our yes, survey. John Hines <laughs> you know, worked as a head coach for five years, I believe, in the American League before getting yeah. the job in New Jersey. And New Jersey was in a similar position when they hired him, um, when the Devils hired him before the 2015 a lot, season. A lot of young guys. Yes, a lot yeah. of young guys, a team, you know, that was looking to rebuild itself, for lack of a better term. Um, so having Carl on that staff, if that were, if that were something the Predators would do, I think – where they are as a team 
you know, I think they could benefit from having another strong yeah. development voice on on the staff. I agree. I also thought an interesting nugget about how he, you know, maybe had some insight into the Carolina Hurricanes systems and schemes when they when they got to play each other at the end of the season in the playoffs. Uh, despite what a commenter on your article may have thought about John Hines's <laughs> coaching during the series against the Carolina Hurricanes. Yes. You had a few interesting comments on the post on the, the fan survey. So let, we'll let's get there. Let, let's get into that right now. We've got 12 questions. This is all over the athletic. You can follow along, play the at home game if you want. Um, and we're not going to give you all the results here. You need to tune into the athletic and, and, and get the, the full layout of the results when Adam uh, writes that up a little bit later on this week. But we are going to give you kind of our thoughts on each question uh, and, and maybe maybe some interesting stuff uh, up until this point of the voting. So number one, and this was the toughest question you asked. I had the toughest the time. The first question was the I, toughest? I, I had the toughest time answering it because I, I'm not sure your answers are the best. I think you're missing one answer, but maybe I'm wrong. So maybe you can explain your thought process here. The question is, All right. describe your feelings about the current state of the National Predators franchise. Or which best describes which best your describes. feelings about the current state of the Predators franchise. Optimistic. Skeptical. Skeptical, indifferent, frustrated, and pessimistic. Now, I had a tough time picking one of those five. What did you ultimately choose? I think I ultimately chose frustrated. Okay. But I am. what I needed was an answer that was positive, but not overly positive. That's. I didn't feel like... Because I'm not indifferent to the Preds. I'm not, indi- I'm not apathetic yeah, to no where ap- they are. Yeah, no apathy. I'm not pessimistic because they made a big run, and I like some of the young pieces, and I think John Hines is the answer. I, I am skeptical, but I'm sort of a combination of... Uh, it's like cautious optimism. Skeptical optimism is sort of where I f- f- fall. And so I didn't really feel like one of those words best described me. And so frustrated is what I fell on. So you were looking I was for something sort of like, like cautiously optimistic. I, I think maybe... Fair enough. That, that there's... It, it felt like there was one positive and four negative answers. Well, I would say it was one positive, one sort of... Middle of the road. I think skeptical. Like, like how, about, how about this? Cynically hopeful. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's that's kind of. I try to I'm avoid at. the adverbs. Yeah, I know. Um, but I see what you're saying. So yes, there were five choices: optimistic, skeptical, indifferent, frustrated, and pessimistic. And when I put together uh, this question, my assumption was that most people would skew towards skeptical and frustrated. Yeah, um, I agree. I don't think... I think there are plenty of people who are feeling more optimistic about how things are going now, considering where they were at midseason. Um, but I didn't think... You know, I didn't think there would be a lot of indifference because yeah. people care. And honestly, if you're participating in a fan survey, you clearly care um and and i didn't think there would be a, a, a lot of pessimism either like straight up this team is garbage garbage yeah. so i i think i expected most people to pick either frustrated or skeptical and so far as we record this 725 people have participated um as 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 of this point right now i'm gonna do some quick math in my head close to 65 percent of people who have participated chose either frustrated or skeptical. So where, if, if you took your media hat off and you were a fan, where would you fall? I because would, you're probably just indifferent as Adam Vinkin. I, I, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't really matter to me. I would, I would probably say skeptical that that's what I would choose just because I do think there are things like we've talked about at length 
that you can feel okay about. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago, how for the first time in a few years, there's actually some reason to have a glass half full feeling about this team at the end of the season, as opposed to the past couple of years, the younger players, I feel like John Hines, you know, got through to the team for the most part. Um, but there are still reasons to be, uh, you know, to be skeptical, you know. It, it did feel like you put skeptical in there as, like, the second pseudo-positive yes. one. Yes. Like, but it doesn't feel that way when you just read it because I think you Well, I think skepticism to most people suggests, neg- you know, right, negativity. Neg- yeah. I-, I think skepticism can be both positive and negative. You can be hopeful, but also unsure. Yes. Yeah. So I, so, so I probably, far, my first instinct was to vote skeptical so far, 65, around 65% of people who have participated chose either skeptical or frustrated. I think if you would have asked me the that, lowest number is pessimistic. Well, that's good then. Yes. That's good. The lowest percentage is pessimistic. Question number two, how much did the Predators 27 and one record in the second half of the season change your outlook on the team's direction? I had a very easy time with this one. My answer was significantly. Okay. Because without that, I, I, all the other answers to all these other questions change that if they stay, if they stayed bad, just shitty at hockey, I would have all different answers. I would have pessimistic would be the answer to the question we just talked about. I'd have a different answer, maybe about UC Soros, maybe a different answer about Dante Fabro, maybe a different answer about how to approach the offseason. I might have different answers to all of this. So to me, it was a significant change that seeing them accomplish what they accomplished with the young players and with John Hines. That's where I fall. Where well, do you think, where, where, where would you fall? You're not in the minority, but a significant, I would say a significant majority of respondents so far have said slightly. I, and I understand. And that. I think it's because they don't want to be extreme one way or the other. Um, what? People on the internet? Right, exactly. I, I would I would probably skew towards slightly myself. Okay. Because the things that did improve were good, but I feel like the biggest questions still remain about the top players, you know, wh- whether or not UC Soros can actually sustain his second half level of play power play questions you know power like there are things there are still big aspects of the team that are up for debate so i would say i I would lean towards slightly and the majority of people who responded also said slightly and it's you know it's a safe answer it's right in the middle yep i agree with that Uh, but but yeah so significantly was the second most and and not at all was the was the last was third third most how should, ideally, how should the Predators approach this offseason? Number one, blow it up, undergo full-scale rebuild, rebuild, trade several core players, and contend for the number one pick in the 2022 draft. That's scary. Number two, soft reset, tweak the core, fill roster holes with prospects, which I think you've used the phrase soft reset on this show multiple times. Yes. Go for it. Pfft, that seems stupid. Make a splashy trade or free agent signing, attempt to extend Stanley Cup window. Stay the course, no major additions or subtractions. I love this question and all four answers. I think you did a great job with this one because I think it clearly lays out, here are your four strategies, David Poyle. (laughs) This is is how you can approach this offseason. I will be fascinated to see what fans say, and I'm willing to bet you that you and I both agree on the soft reset as the appropriate course of action. You would be correct. Um, I'll be fascinated to see what the results I, are. I did. I personally believe in a soft reset. Now, you know, a lot of us, including myself, thought blow it up would have been the answer in February and early March. And, and one thing the Predators have 
struggled with is drafting high-end, specifically forward talent. And oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes those players are available at the top of the draft. The Predators, to their credit, have never been that bad where they are in a position to qualify for the lottery. Now, last year was unique in the sense that all of the teams that lost in the qualifying round were allowed into the draft lottery, which the New York Rangers won and picked Alexi Lafreniere. Um, But the Predators, who, by the way, have the number 18 pick in the first round of this summer's NHL draft. Um, It's not a bad slot. It's not terrible. Um, The more than 75% of people who, well, I mean, I was gonna say who responded to this question, you had to respond to the question, you could not skip (laughs) a question. More than 75% of people who responded to this question said soft reset. Wow. That's a that's a surprising strategic alignment amongst the fan base. Yes. I mean, I, I am I will be interested to see the final results, but it sounds like almost all of us are in agreement here, which is pretty crazy. When I think about when I think about what a soft reset means, now, you know, maybe you're able to trade one of those core players, or maybe you're able to get Seattle to take one of those core players, or Seattle takes on its own accord one of those core players. Um, and then like for me, this team has to get younger which we saw near the end of the season, but I think you yeah. need to lean into that even more okay. next season. We've talked about Philip Tomasino. Maybe there is some room for someone like David Ference to have a regular role on the team, you know, continuing to have Ellie Tolvin and Yakov Trenin, et cetera, et cetera, yeah, Alex yeah, Carrier, yeah. et cetera, um, on the team. So, yes, more than 75% of people said soft reset. Um, barely anybody said stay the course. Um, it's funny because I would still vote for that one over go for it, right? Like, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you vote stay the course over go for it? I would. I would choose stay the course. So for right. So for me, my my three answers ranked from what I would do to what I would least do. Okay. Soft reset number one. I agree. Stay the course number two. Agree. Blow it up number three. Agree. Go for it number it's four. The exact same order for me. I know. So, I know. Podcast hosts are supposed to yell yes. at each other and disagree, but I agree. But, with you. but I think of the seven hundred. 20 plus people have responded. I think like four or five chose stay the course. (laughs) So basically what we're saying, what people are saying is that status quo is unacceptable. Yeah. We need some changes. And I think everybody agrees. I think you and I agree that we need some changes. Question number, question number four on a scale of one to five with five being the highest, the most confident, how confident are you that Predators general manager David Poyle can return the team to Stanley Cup contender status? And I think the most important word in that question, uh, uh, Adam, is contender status. I think contender is the key. Not to win a Stanley Cup, but to be in the mix. And I think that's an interesting question. Yeah, not, My, just to make the, not just to make the playoffs. Like, right. think about the Predators Top four. four or five years ago. Like, yep. legitimately could, can legitimately win a Stanley Cup. I think you need to kind of view yourself as one of the top four or five teams in, in the world, basically. Um, all right. You wanna, what do you think my answer was? I'm going to say your answer was two out of five. I voted three. Okay. I voted three, which does feel a little bit like a cop out. <laughs> so yeah, it's so right three, in the, it's three right in the is basically three is basically a cop out kind of answer. I, I know it is, but you put it up there. Well, not and, just for you, I think. Yes, but two is is like a negative side of the equation with less confidence. I, four is too much confidence for me. So I, I am willing to give David Poyle. And this will feed into our next question. I am will David Poyle over thirty plus years of running 
an NHL, NHL team. 40 years. The winningest GM in NHL history and, and what he's accomplished. And I like some of the things he's done drafting and John Hines. And so like, there's some positives that have happened since Kyle Turris, basically. And I am, I am willing to give him a chance to see this through, not for very long. So it's not a one or a two for me. But I'm not overly confident, like your first question, that it's going to happen. So it's not a four or five. So that's where I'm at. I'm so a three. You're, so three you're not alone. You're not alone. The largest percentage of respondents so far chose three. But here's what's interesting: a larger percentage chose one and two versus four and five. I think that's. I think that makes so, sense. So 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 although three is the most popular answer so far, more people lean towards one and two, meaning little right. to no confidence, than four or five, meaning you know medium to high confidence. Essentially, if you vote four or five, you're positive. You have a positive feeling of David Poyle. And yes. if you vote one or two, you have a negative feeling of David yes. Poyle, which leads so, us to question number five, which is, should the Preds have kept David Poyle as the general manager at the end of the season? And I don't know if those answers jive with the answers to the previous question, right? They do not. My this, answer, by the way, is yes. I think they should have kept him. This is, to me, the most oh, interesting... Sorry. No. They should not have removed him. Yes. The question was, should the Predators have removed Poyle as GM? So either yes, they should have, or no, they should not have. My answer is no, they should not have. So despite the fact... This is the most interesting thing to me so far. Despite the fact that, as I said, more a larger percentage of people have voted one or two versus four and five close to 60 percent of people said no they would not have removed him <laughs> so even though they're not overly confident in him they would not have fired I, him. I, and this is something that i it's think as i write the answers to as i as i analyze these results later in the week i may pose this question to the readers because i really want to know my my initial guess is this they they aren't they that there is a lack of confidence in David Poyle, but there is not a a there is not a legitimate better candidate that people can think of to replace. There's David. no succession plan. So yeah. like it's do I like I I'm not it, it's almost like I don't have a ton of confidence in David Poyle, but I'm not sure if there are people out there who are clearly better at their job. Than David. Yeah, I don't. Plus, most average hockey fans aren't going to be able to tell you like right away. This guy's going to do a better job than David Poyle, or this girl's going to do a better job than David Poyle. I don't think many people, casual fans, can can rattle off up and coming NHL front office people. Like it's not the same as young players or even young coaches. It's a very difficult position to evaluate. There's there's just no question about that. Um, so it it'll be fascinating to see where those answers finish. So tune in to the Athletic Athletic yeah, so, so that to me was the most interesting thing. And my guess, and I'm going to ask the commenters, the readers, to, to explain themselves in the results post. But my, as I said, my guess is that people who voted yes, I mean, voted no, they should have kept that, you know, they kept, they should have kept David, um, didn't, could not think of someone else who was clearly better for the job, despite not having a ton of confidence yep. in David. I, I think that makes sense. So question number six, and before we take a break, uh, how, on a scale of one to five, with five being the highest, of course, the most confident, how confident are you in John Hines's coaching ability following his first full season with the Predators? Now, I'm going to have you do the voice when we come back from commercial break, but I will give you my answer right now, which is a number four. Okay. I voted, I said number four. I went into the season 
being indifferent to John Hines. So you were a three? I was a three going into the season saying, saying I need more data, right? As like a scientist. How's that for data? <laughs> Davis I, need bi- I need big data. Um, I-, I wanted to see data. And the first two months of data was this isn't working. Well, but the last two months of data are, okay, I'm, I'm buying in. And I think when you package it rationally and intelligently with a pandemic, with no training camp, with a bunch of young players, a taxi squad, part of a roster that's never existed in the NHL before, and having a season, being hired in the middle of the previous season, I, I just don't think that continuity and stability was there to truly evaluate anybody. And so now that we've seen one season sort of in continuance, I, I think after going through some rough times, he showed signs of life and being a good, solid coach. And so I think it's a four. It's not a five. I don't think he can go to the cup or I I don't know what his upside is. I still have questions, but I don't think you can argue that he didn't do a good coaching job (laughs) during this season, um, especially to integrate all the young talent and and to make the team better. They got better. And that's what a a coach's job is to do is to make a team better. So when we come back, I want you to give me your answer on John Hines. And we all know you're an apologist now for John Hines. Yes. (laughs) But also... Maybe review some of your commenters in the voice. I will. (laughs) When we come back right here. We'll be back just a second here on the Gold Standard 440 Sports Network. The Gold Standard is brought to you by... Jaspers. Again, that's two positive, upbeat Jaspers. Would you rather me if if I said... Jaspers, like who would want to go to Jaspers if it was like that? It's a it's a valid point. It's like Eeyore, like if Eeyore wanted to say, "Go to Jaspers," <laughs> like would you really want to go to Jaspers? <laughs> well, I don't know. Thanks for uh, noticing. I me. will I will say though that you know it's not about Jas because Jaspers is great. It's it's uh you know it's got a lot of natural light, a lot of green foliage, n- nice nice uh, color palette in there. It's very light and airy and refreshing. It's a wonderful place. It puts you in positive mood when you go in there. And the food's great too, by the way, and the parking's free. But I do think that people tune in for all the different variations of Adam Vingan. So I don't think I, you know I, when you go to the when you do the voice or when all of a sudden you're telling me a story about walking to the French Quarter with your dad or all of a sudden you're doing it in a nine hundred number like. You know, there's different variations of Adam Bingen that come out during the ads for Jaspers. There is. And we did, Positive, Adam we did receive Adam. a comment um, on Twitter a couple of days ago from uh, from listener uh, George. George Scoville, I believe, is yes, his last name. Yes. Hi, George. George is Thank a you very, for listening, George. George is a very passionate listener to the podcast as well as the reader and commenter on the athletic. So is he the, is he reaching gloat status? Greatest he, listener of all time? He, he is very active, um, which we appreciate. Um, and he rates reviews and he shares He does the show. rate and review and subscribe. Um, and goes to Jaspers. And goes to Jaspers. And he, he there was something about a, you know, podcasting um, we, we ad reads we, we with basically do mans- awesome ads. Manscaped, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About, yeah, there are a lot Trimming of. Trimming the hedges so that the trees stall a little, stand a little taller. Yeah, <laughs> some of the, I mean, if we copy. were sponsored by a Manscaped or something of that nature, I could tell you stories about my grooming habits, <laughs> okay. but I won't yeah, okay. because we, people want to eat food because people want to eat food and not and not throw it up, <laughs> which you won't do at Jasper's because the food is so delicious. You'll want to eat more of it, which may make you sick, but you'll feel better about it. Should we do a competition for gloat status on the show? Maybe we should. Like if you're a subscriber to The Athletic. If you comment on Adam's articles, you rate and review this show, and you tweet to Jaspers, I feel like that makes you a gloat. 
which again, greatest listener of all time. So maybe George is in the running for gloat status. George, George is up there for sure. There's a lot of great listeners. We there, love you all. You, you all do such a great job. Um, Jer- Jeremy Gover, big listener of the show. Shout out to Gover. Ooh, Jeremy K. Gover. That's right. The K stands for right. cuckoo bananas. Yeah, I don't think that's true. No, it doesn't. I think he story. says the K stands for knowledge. Yes, that's what it is. And he does have a lot of knowledge. He does have a lot of knowledge. I prefer cuckoo bananas, even though that actually begins with a C. I think George Scoville is the gloat right now. He's up there. Right, he, right he, now, today. He can gloat about being the gloat. Oh, God. By going to Jasper's. You're not a dad yet, okay? Less than three months. You're not allowed to make those jokes. Less than three months. Go to Jasper's. The parking is free. The menu is awesome. The food is great. The, the vibes are good in there. I went and had lunch the other day. Tried out some of the new menu items. They're always updating things, keeping it fresh. They got great drink specials. The weekly rundown, of course, is on the website, jaspers.restaurant. Go check that out. There's always something good going on at Jasper's. Always a good happy hour and a happy hour that really is truly a happy hour. Not one of these fake happy hours for like a dollar off a $14 glass of wine that's masquerading as a, hop, as a happy hour. Their happy hour puts everybody else's happy hour to shame. Go to Jasper's. It's a great place to eat. You're saying happy hour a lot. All right, so let's get to the uh, last six questions uh, of the survey here. And again, follow along at, on The Athletic. But, but Adam, before we do, <laughs> your answer to how confident are you in John Hines' coaching ability after this season? One through five, five being the most confident, one being the least confident. Where's your answer? And where is one of your particular readers' answer on this? <laughs> so I'm, a, I'm at a four as well. Um, okay, all right. I, I think that John did a really good job this season. I think there are certainly readers, and, and and I think George was one of them as well. Commented on on the story, asking, "Well, why did it take so long for John Hines's message to get through?" If I'm he, not sure that's an issue of coaching as much as it is on the players. That's my personal opinion. George, if you skip the ad, go back and listen. Yeah, to the George, ad. if you skip the ad, you're missing out, bud. Um, <laughs> but I I think it's. I, I'm not quite delving into politics here, but I'm going to pull from politics for a second. I feel like there P- are— People are incapable of using their own brains when you say the word politics. I so. know, but I feel like there are a lot of never Heinzers out there. <laughs> that it does not matter what happens with this team, good or bad, they will never give John a chance. That's funny. And I think he proved in the second half of the season that he is the coach for this team right now. And I think that's an important distinction. Like, is John Hines the coach that if the Predators can find their way back to Stanley Cup contender status, as we discussed in an earlier question, is John Hines the coach that gets them over the hump? I'm unsure about that. What, but I, What is his upside? We don't know. But I think based yeah. on where this team is right now, I think he is the right coach for this team at this moment. Um, I 100% so, agree. So I, th- so I would give him a four. Two fifths of the people who responded responded to this question said three, which is the largest response. Um, I will say again, so similarly to the previous question about one through five, more people, a larger percentage of people were four to five versus two to one. Okay, so it seems it's as so- if though it feels like people are starting to come around yeah. on John. 
I, I, okay. I still think there are plenty of naysayers for sure. Let's do. Let's hear the voice okay, of a naysayer. So, Let me hear a voice. <clears throat> yes. Will G. Will G. If you're listening, <laughs> thank you for commenting. I'm going to read your entire comment in the voice. And this is totally not mocking you this, at all. This is not mocking you at all. <laughs> this is verbatim. This is a. So please excuse me. Let me make sure I've got the computer close enough so I can read it and do the voice at the same time. All right. Hiring John Hines after basically a non-existent coaching search is the worst decision David Poyle has ever made as the general manager of the Nashville Predators. Hines galaxy brained his way out of a first round series against the beatable Carolina team. Hines is the NHL's answer to Mike Malarkey and he should be loaded into a cannon and fired out of the city immediately. Every day I wake up and thank God that YouTube TV hasn't reached a rights deal with Bally, so I don't have to watch this team on a consistent basis. Go Preds. There's so much there to unpack. I like the go Preds at the end. He basically shits on them for four gra- for four sentences and then goes go Preds. Okay, so so much here. First of all, galaxy brain is a very underutilized term that's starting to make its yes. rounds, and I really appreciate it. Basically, overthinking things. Yes. Um. Uh, or or thinking that they're smarter than everybody else. I think I usually I tend to think it means overthinking. Things. Yeah, I, I agree. Which is very underutilized, but it's starting to come around, and I, I really enjoy it. Um. Shoot, just the creativity points. Points for creativity. Is he the Mike Malarkey of the NHL? The two creative points are the cannon <laughs> being fired out of a cannon. Which is not very nice. And although it could be very safe, though, fired out of a cannon and the Mike Malarkey comp are both very creative. Uh, I think he's he might be Mike Malarkey. But, but, but what actually, does that mean as someone have, who doesn't like know the history of Mike Malarkey's okay. coaching? So you kind of just explained it. Like Mike Malarkey was hired because he was the safe choice to sort of get them through a period of transition. Uh-huh. And that was for the Titans. But everyone knew kind of exactly what Mike Malarkey was. He was never going to have tons of huge upside. And he did. He got them from a bad team into the playoffs. So to your earlier comments just a minute ago about John Hines, that he's the right coach for right now, Mike Malarkey probably, probably was the right coach for that moment to get them from 2-14 and 14 to the playoffs. And he did. But he wasn't the right coach to take them higher than that. And Mike Vrabel has been for the Titans. So there could be a Mike Vrabel to John Hines for the Preds. That absolutely could happen because we don't know what John Hines' upside is as a head coach. But but I think, to your point, he's done a pretty good job right now. Now, also taking a sh- – I don't think he's taking a shot at, but it is in theory a shot at, I don't know, Sinclair and Bally Sports and YouTube and all these big arguments amongst rich you know, television providers arguing with each other over how much to charge us. I think it's just also points. Just He just clearly needed to get that off his chest. Uh, and then go Preds. <laughs> like, he doesn't want to watch his team, but go Preds. I mean. I love it. We're well all done by you, by the way. I wonder I wonder what Will G chose for that first question. He seems like he's in the pessimistic yeah. pessimistic <laughs> camp. Maybe he is. All right, let's get back on track here. Good voice, though, by you. Thank you. Um, number seven. And I think this is, I, I actually, I don't know if Preds fans are interested in this question. Me as a media member, I am fascinated by this question because I don't think there is an answer. Would the Nashville Predators benefit from having a more visible owner who spoke directly to the fans? I said yes. I also understand that there are negatives that come along with potentially a big sort of ego, powerful, singular voice in in sports ownership. So there is, I actually see both sides of this question, which I think makes it a really good question. So here's how I came up with this question. When the Predators were bad, a lot of fans wanted to hear from the ownership because... 
they were unhappy about David's job performance specifically. And as you recall, probably, I made an attempt to speak to ownership and was given Sean Henry. Um, Sean speaks on behalf of the ownership group. That's just how it works. Um, so there are examples in the NHL of more, I guess you can say, front-facing owners. Think of Bill Foley in Vegas, Ted Leonsis in Washington, Tom Dundon in Carolina. You know, the extreme example in sports, and we've seen it recently because of the athletics reporting, by the way, Mark Cuban with the Dallas Mavericks. There is a downside at times to having an owner. Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones, who is more... Daniel Snyder. Yes, Daniel Snyder, Jerry Jones. But so... I I said I would I say yes. I think it's important to have an owner who is who is open with his constituents, I guess you can say. Um because really, you know, the person, you know, David reports to the owners and the owners don't speak. That's their prerogative. There's just no way to know what's going on. Right. So, I was surprised by this as well. Not as surprised as the yes no on David question. More than 60% of respondents said no. Really? That they would. You don't want to know what your team is thinking? I, I mean, I'd be curious for the. So I. Because so. here, here's the thing. Let's not be naive. There is a point of diminishing returns, as we just pointed out, with an ownership, with, with a singular owner who's got all the power, all the ego, all the control, right? There, there is a point of diminishing returns where one person is making all the decisions. And and outwardly sort of voicing all of those decisions, right? And interacting with fans. We see we saw Bud Adams interact with fans, throwing the double birds at people. That wasn't good for the Titans fans. So there's plenty of ways that an owner can get in his own way or her own way. Then we see Amy Adams Strunk for the Titans, who is a brilliant forward-facing owner who comes out and is standing behind her players at every chance she gets, standing behind the community, revamping relationships, and out there sort of building her brand. So... I think right now this organization needs that voice because it hasn't ever had one. So it might run its course later on, but I think right now it needs one. So Matt B, um, who voted against the visible owner, posed this question in his response on the story. Quote, does a more visible owner actually help a franchise or does it distract from who gets the blame? Yeah, I mean, here's what I would say. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> uh, although actually the answer to a second question I think is no if a more if a more visible outward owner is more is taking no pun intended more ownership then I think it's obvious who the the, the, the blame falls on it falls on the person making the decisions like Amy Adams Strunk makes makes the decisions for the Titans and so it is her fault you know Jerry Jones makes the decisions for the Cowboys it is his fault if something bad goes wrong so I don't know I, I think because we've had 20 plus years of without a sort of singular voice outwardly, you know, whatever, answering questions, responding to the fans, I think they could use one right now. What did you say to the answer the question? I said yes. I think they would benefit. I think it would okay. be good. I, I Look, I think Sean Henry does a really good job of, of being a public face of the, of the franchise, specifically when it comes to community outreach and and business and business opportunities no question um but i think for me i think it's more about hockey operations and i know that ownership has you know as i said delegated those responsibilities to david and perhaps doesn't want to be seen as you know 
usurping David's responsibilities or, or lessening his responsibilities or what's the word I'm looking for. We all have bosses. Right, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, it's you don't want, you know, I'm sure the Predators don't want David to say one thing and then an owner to say another. Sure. But I except think, for me, by the way. Yes. I don't have a boss except for my wife. But I, uh, but I think at this stage it would be of benefit to the Predators for their ownership group to be more visible and more available to fans. Yeah. Sean, Sean is incredibly available, very available, um, <laughs> overtly available, perhaps too available. Um, no, we all love Sean, um, but I, I think uh, I think uh, the Predators would benefit. So I was surprised because a lot of fans were yeah. wanted to hear from ownership when the team was bad, but I but now but now they don't yeah and now they don't. I think certainly the media would like to have a point person that actually does speak. And I know Sean speaks for the ownership group and David sort of has complete control or whatever, but there, but there is a hierarchy here, right? Somebody will decide on David Poyle's future at some point. And, and it's not Sean Henry. So right. um, I, I, we prefer that because it makes reporting on it and understanding the decision-making process easier. And therefore the fans, I think would benefit from understanding it. It's a fast, it is a fascinating question because there is, let's not, again, let's not be naive. There is a negative. There is a downside sometimes to having that singular, ego out there running things because if they do it incorrectly then it can actually be negative to the fan base um this one was easy easy for me let's move along here uh and we can kind of package these two together something's going down in this tennessee game right now all right settle down don't but look at it like tony vitello might get dejected well it's it's a close game uh, i'm trying to get this podcast done so i can watch it fine <laughs> how, how long should restricted free, free agent uc Saros next contract be one to three years four to six years or seven to eight years i thought this was a no-brainer it needs to be four to six. Mm. You need to plan on at least two more years before Askarov is ready to go, mm-hmm. and then probably another year or two of transitioning in some way, shape, or form. So minimum four years. I think a five-year contract worth about $15 million, maybe $16 million, uh, maybe a little bit more. I, I, I would like to re-sign him for longer, add a couple of years at the end of the contract, but keep the number a little bit lower so he gets a nice paycheck but also gives you some stability at the position for the next four or five years. I thought it was easy choice for me, four to six. Well, interestingly, you are, you're not in the minority, but that is not the most popular answer. One to three so far is the most popular answer. I, my concern is that doesn't give you enough time to get Askarov up to speed. Well, I think here's, I mean, here's what I would choose one to three. And we've talked about this. I think, I mean, I would lean towards a three-year deal. Um, UC has one more year until he reaches unrestricted free agent status. So let's just say he signed a one-year deal this summer, which I don't think he's going to do. But if he signed a one-year deal, at the expiration of that deal, he would be an unrestricted free agent. So it's important, I think, for the Predators to buy some of those unrestricted free agent years. Um, I think three years is a good sample while you're waiting for a scar off to see if Saros is the right goaltender without committing to him for too long. So let's just say in three years... You're confident in UC Saros being in a tandem with Askarov or, or transitioning to a 1B or what have you. I think I think the Predators would be wise to keep it on the shorter on the shorter end. So I would choose one to three. I see your argument there. My issue is that anything less than three is is not not smart. I think one I or would, two is not no, going to help you. I would lean towards three. You three have, would be my choice. And that's why I went with four to six because I felt like if they went one or two, I would be disappointed in the contract. Three, I'd be okay. But I, but four or five, maybe you can get him for longer and for cheaper, and it gives you a little bit more stability. So I, I don't know. I also think he's shown us enough to be a starter. He's not. Maybe he's not good enough to win a cup, but I think he's shown us enough to be a starter in this league. Uh, all right. How should the Preds proceed with restricted free agent Dante Fabro? 
uh, re-sign him or trade slash expose him in the expansion draft. And this was a pretty easy one for me. Resign him is the answer. Mine as well. Um, I think asset mismanagement is the phrase that we've used on the program. Yes. Uh, about, about the majority it. of respondents said resign him. It's just too early too early to get to get rid of him in my I agree. in my opinion. Uh, however we'll get to when we get to the last question it may change <laughs> how people think about this. How important is it for the Predators to resign unrestricted free agent Mikhail Granlin? Very important, somewhat important, unimportant no opinion. I can't imagine having no opinion and filling out the survey. Um, I, I, went I with, know, but I, you might you might think someone says, hey, sure. I don't really care if he's there. But I guess that's sort of unimportant. I went with guess. somewhat important. I as, think did, it, as did more than half of the people who answered the question. So uh, is that copping out? Is it saying... No, I think... So So more than 50% have said somewhat important. You know, I, I also... I also lean towards somewhat important. A, a, a large a, a large chunk did say very important. I mean, the things that David Poyle and John Hines have said about Mikhail Granlund. I mean, pretty pretty glowing. Yeah. So I, I mean, I think if you're if you're trying to if you're trying to re, if you're going to reset this team and you want veteran leadership, you know, I think Mikhail is the kind of player you want around. He has been the best forward in the entire time that John Hines has been the head coach yes, for the Predators, has. Yes, right? Yes, he has. Has he not been the best forward? He is definitely, he is, well, he has Better definitely been the, the most used forward. Like his ice time is yeah. higher than any other forward since John Hines got hired. But in terms of overall impact, I would say yes. I would say Mikhail's been the best forward since the coaching change. And and we know the price is going to be way more expensive than three and three quarters, which is I what don't think right it's now. going to be exorbitant. Four and I, a half? I would sign him for four and a half in two seconds. I think it's going to be more than four and a half. Oh, that, what I'm trying to do is set the line. I, I think it's going to five, be I would five sign and him. a half. And, I, think it's, I think it's going to be around five and a half. I would sign him for five. Okay. I would sign him for five and a quarter. I get into that five and a half range and I start going, how many years? I would, I would, <laughs> I would, a five and a half would be my ceiling. I wouldn't go higher than five and a half. How many years? Two? Three? three? Okay. I mean, that's, so prob- that's, that's probably the lifespan of John Hines. Three years, like 16 and a half. Yeah. 16 and a half, I that's think. It's a pretty good is. chunk of change. You're going to need know, to do I'm something. Not great in math. You're going to need to do something. Um, Speaking of doing else. something, I'm, w- I'm pushing that one to the end. I'm pushing question 11 to question 12, and okay, I'm going to bring so 12 up and So, question 12, which Predators rookie, and the wording here is important, which Predators rookie made the biggest impression this season? I didn't say biggest impact, biggest impression this season. I think there are only two answers to this question. Okay. The answers you've got here are Alexander Carrier, Jeremy Davies, Tanner Janot, Matthew Olivier, Ellie Tolvanen, or Yakov Trenin. I think there are only two correct answers. Okay. Ellie Tolvanen or Alexander Carrier. And those are the most popular answers. Ellie Tolvanen, in my opinion, has had the biggest impact right. on the team. Who made the biggest impression? To me, Alexander Carrier. And I would agree, and so do the most people who answered. Um, I've been I've been beating the Carrier drum for a while now. What here, here? Actually, this was the most interesting thing. So outside of those two, your other choices were Davies, Janot, Olivier, and Trenin. So far, again, this is this is still an ongoing process. I would vote Trenin. So far, third place, Tanner Janot. Oh, he's. All these guys have a, a backstory that is very rootable. Yes, they're very rootable. They're very likable stories. All three of these Trennan, guys. Trennan, Trennan, you know, was more was a larger part of the team over the course of the entire season. But Janot, as soon as he came in, he was he scored. He scored. He was hitting everything that moved like a Mack truck. It was hard not to like Tanner Janot. He has he was a great story, as you said. So Janot 
you know, a, maybe a surprise third place right now. I, that I, could change. It I'm, could change. It's not that surprising to me, honestly, um, because again, if you listen to the interview with Carl Taylor last week, he basically said we've he, every single wall that's been put up in front of him, he's knocked it down. Uh, and me, he's very yeah. coachable, all these things. Like, I just think all, and Olivier is not that much different. Trenin has had a little different path because he come, came from Russia, but like all these guys are pretty likable and pretty similar in terms of talent. So to me, you know, I did an interview earlier in the season when thing, when things weren't going well and I wanted to actually write something positive. And I spoke to Ryan Warsawski, who's the head coach of the Chicago Wolves, who was in charge of all of these players this season. And I asked him, you know, I asked him questions about all of the, you know, the top prospects, but then I asked him, you know, which prospect that I did not talk, did I, that I did not ask you about, have you been most impressed by? And he gushed about Tanner Janot. This was before Janot was really on the Predators Very radar. coachable. Um, said to me that if he were to have named a captain for the Wolves this season, he would have named Janot the captain. That's pretty good. That's pretty high praise. Yes. Um, also, if you listened all the way to the end of last week's episode, you heard... Um, Carl Taylor describing Philip Tomasino with some really effusive praise about how he was, was willing to got in a fight with Cody McLeod and how he was willing to stand up for himself while also being a highly skilled offensive player at, at a very young age against grown men. And and so there's a lot of praise in there for a lot of guys from Carl Taylor. I mean, the week. blessing, the, the, the OHL not playing this past season was a blessing in disguise. Right? Cause yeah. as we've talked about, Tomasino would not have been eligible to appear in the AHL, I think the fact that he had the opportunity to do so, I think, will accelerate his development. Yep, I, I agree. And all right, now, all right, drum roll, please. <laughs> Before we wrap up the show, last question: Which core player would you most want the Predators to move on from this offseason? Victor Arvidsson, Matt Duchesne, Matthias Ekholm, Ryan Ellis, Philip Forsberg, and Ryan Johansson. Let me guess in reverse order what the answers are. Okay, the least. Uh, the least voted on player has to be Matthias Ekholm. Hold on, let me check. Has to be Matthias Ekholm. No. Ryan Ellis. No. Philip Forsberg. Yes. Okay, those three are those the bottom three? Let me see. I got it. It has to be those three. These pie charts are very confusing. <laughs> um, yes. So the in reverse order from least to most, Forsberg. Okay. Okay. In the mic. Ekholm. Oh, sorry. Uh, Forsberg at the bottom. So sixth. Um, at home fifth, Ellis fourth. Okay, that makes sense to me. All right, I'm gonna go third, Victor Arvidsson. Okay. I'm gonna go second, Ryan Johansson, and I'm gonna go number one with a bullet. My vote and your vote, number one in your hearts, <laughs> Matt Duchesne. Okay, so in reverse order, <laughs> from six to one, Philip Forsberg. So far, Matthias Ekholm. The polls are still open, folks. The polls are still the polls are still open. Philip Forsberg was the least selected player. Okay. Then Ekholm, then Ellis, then Arvidsson. Okay. Actually, correct that. Then Johansson wow. was fourth. Sorry, third. Johansson was third. <laughs> so let me start that again. No, Forsberg, no, no, we got it. We got Ekholm, <laughs> Ellis, Johansson, Arvidsson, second, and this this to me was interesting. What, what percentage of the vote? 50.9% of people who have responded to this thing so far. 50.9 said Matt Duchesne. All right, what was Arvidsson at number two? 25.3. Wow, that's big. All right, Johansson? 14.3. Okay, we're getting down there. That's basically all of the points so far, yes. just those three. Ellis, 8.3. Okay. Uh, Matthias Ekholm, 0.8. <laughs> Forsberg, 0.4. So basically, Forsberg and Ekholm, not even a consideration. No. 
and that was barely a consideration. More than 50% of people said Matt Duchesne. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised either. We talked about this on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. I I talked about my own personal feelings. Um, I think a lot of fans were turned off as I was about Matt Duchesne's end of season press conference. Yeah, I I don't think he won himself. And I don't think he won himself any fans with the way he, he, he handled that press conference. Has it gotten worse with time? Like, has it aged poorly too? I don't know. I I just think there's always going to be a, if you take responsibility and just sort of put it all on yourself, whatever the issue, whether it's a Tylenol PR fiasco in the eighties or Matt Duchesne not being able to score in in 2021, I I think you will always win people over by taking, being self-deprecating and taking ownership. And it didn't really feel like he did any of that to any degree. No, right? I, I, so. I, you know how I feel about it. I yep, didn't, yep, I didn't yep. like it, but the, but yeah, I mean, I thought it would be, I thought it would be more even like I, like the, um, the question about which rookie made the biggest impression. Like it's pretty close between Carrier and Tolvanen. Like I thought that there was, right. I thought there would be, I thought there would be some of that. Um, I thought there would be. You I know, am not. I actually. I thought there would be a little bit of a toss-up between two or three guys, but I was surprised to see that Matt Duchesne at at this moment, and I don't think anybody's going to catch him at this point, was clearly the the, not, the runaway winner, quote unquote. I'm not surprised, actually. I'm surprised Victor Arvidsson is that far ahead of Ryan I think, Johansson. I think I'm surprised. I'm surprised. I'm surprised by how far ahead. Matt was okay. I just like right. I figured that he would probably be the number one choice, but I figured it would be closer. Than you want to know what it tells me? What does it tell? It you? tells me that people that subscribe to the Athletic and listen to the Gold Standard podcast are smarter hockey fans because of it. I guess they are. And those I'm just, are. I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, no, look, I, 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 I've enjoyed doing these. This, as, as the title suggests, this is the third one I've done. I don't remember. I honestly don't remember when I did the first one. Um, the second <laughs> it's one pre-pandemic. Who, the, who can remember? The second one. Uh, I did in the off season last year, which was November of 2020. Right. Um, so I, I'm interested in, and in, I'm interested okay. in, uh, I'm very, I've been interested in the results so far and there are still time. So some things can change. Um, and it will probably be either Thursday or Friday. I think probably Friday okay. when the results are, who is your vote for rookie? Who made the biggest impression? Carrier. Did you agree with me? Carrier I, I, made Carrier. the biggest impression. I think Tolvanen, you know, especially early in the season, was the runaway choice, but I think as Tolvanen slowed down in the second half of the season, Carrier emerged. So maybe there's some recency bias in that. I also think it's expectations. Yeah, expectations for Tolvanen are much higher. Yeah, and Carrier was sort of a pleasant surprise, whereas Tolvanen we sort of expected him to do something. I think along for these lines. for Carrier it was that it was during that period of time in the middle of the season where both Ellis and Yossi were injured. It was during that road trip yep. in March. And Carrier was playing upwards of 20 minutes and yep. looking really good doing it. Yep. And he looked good with Yossi, and he looked good with Ekholm. And yes, I understand that it's not hard to look good with those guys on your left side, but Carrier, you know, I don't think was the beneficiary of just great line mates. I think he, you know, a great defensive partner. I think he really, you know, played really well. It is really hard to look really good as a player who's never played a full season in the NHL playing on the top D pairing against one of the best teams in the NHL in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I think that's he, it. Yeah, that's that's it. <laughs> and to look like you belonged. How about that? Yeah, um, that's it. How about this? It's exciting to have all six of those names on a question. 
Uh, Preds fans should be excited about all six of those. So special thanks to you, Adam, for doing the survey. Go check it out. Plenty of time to still vote, so go check it out. Yes, the plan is – sorry to interrupt. The plan is to um, close the polls, so to speak, Wednesday evening. I haven't determined what time Wednesday evening. Probably around dinner time. Do it or something. late. Yeah, do it late. Yeah, later in the evening. Let, let those uh, let those West Coast polls yeah. trickle. So in. if you're so if you're <laughs> listening you're listening to this first thing Wednesday morning and you haven't participated, you do have until the yeah. evening. I'm sure I'll tweet it out when I say, okay, I'm closing it at this time. You know, sounds good. I'd like to get to a thousand. So I need about two hundred of you that haven't participated to participate. Can, can I vote twice? Or is that I mean, cheating? I, I guess you can. Okay. I mean, I don't know why you would want to. Adam Vingan of The Athletic. Make sure you follow along. Of course, theathletic.com. Pay for good journalism. You'll get the results article coming up a little bit later on this Let's week. Let's just say I won't do any you know, weird audits of voting if you vote yeah. twice. I won't, <laughs> right. I won't see if there's any bamboo on your computer screen. <laughs> there's only a few people to get that, and I love it. Uh, all right. Make sure you also go to Jasper's because the gold standard is brought to you by Jasper's. See, you don't want to go to Jasper's I when I say it like I know, that. I know, I know, you're right. Do it again. Gold Standard is brought to you by Jasper's. Now I'm curious about Jasper's, but I'm not sure what it is. Yeah, well, that's better than Jasper's. That's true. Grumpy, I do like Grumpy Cat Adam Vingan, though. It is one of my I favorite do get, Adam Vingans. I do get grumpy from time to time. <laughs> yes, you do. Um, not before right. I've had my coffee. Go to Jasper's. The parking lot is free. The menu is great. The happy hours are great. You got four to six every single day. And then, of course, the weekly rundown gives you a different part of the menu on special at a different day of the week. There's always something good for you guys at Jasper's. I promise you. They got shuffleboard. They got darts. They got the private room. They got the... Uh, the outdoor patio, it's a great place to go watch. I've been watching the Euros over there. Uh, you got all kinds of sporting events with the College World Series, the NHL playoffs, the NBA playoffs, all kinds of good stuff. Do they have well. Euros at Jasper's? I don't believe so. That would be a Greek food, I believe. Yes, but they do have lamb. They, they, do, they, do, they have do have lamb. Lamb barbacoa. Right, so maybe they should yeah. have a Euro for Euros. There you go. I, we I'm sure they can do it. We should have we should have launched this marketing strategy with them months ago before the euro started. Yes. So there you have. Or is it, it euro? Like how do you? Is it a it's, euro? It's a euro that you eat. It's the oh. euros. Yes. That's going it, on right so now. So euros for euros. There you go. Gyros. God, that's how one of my former coworkers said it, and he would never stop saying it that way, even when we tried to correct him. It's just ridiculous. And I'm sure you didn't want to go get a euro with the gyro say, guy. Say words correctly. It's not that difficult. I uh, need a euro. <laughs> Where can people follow you? Not at Ar- not at Arby's. I've never. I don't go to Arby's. Um, that was an Arby's commercial. We have the meats. We have the meats. Jaspers, go to Jaspers. They also have meats, and they're better. Way and they better. They won't give you diarrhea. It's actual meat. Yes. Not to say I haven't. Not to say I've had diarrhea from eating ja- from eating Arby's. But are you, have, you done yet? You have less of a chance of, of contracting diarrhea at Jaspers. <laughs> you pay for good journalism at theathletic.com. Shut up. Okay, bye. At Adam Bingen, you can follow him there. Thank you all for listening. Please share the show, for God's sake. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me at Braden Did you miss me? (laughs) Where's Carl when you need him? This has been the Gold Standard on the 440 Sports Network.